good to see everybody this morning. How many of you are loving the weather? Nice. Ah, yes. The summer in Oklahoma. Yeah, somebody says they want it hotter. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm already feel like when I walk outside, I'm going to spontaneously combust. So you can have that heat, buddy. You can go ahead and have it more if you want. I give it to you. So we're about ready to start a new series this month called For the Common Good. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Are we ready to learn about the Holy Spirit this month? Are we ready to learn about the Holy Spirit this month? And I can hear some of you saying, well, I know everything about him that I need to know. Well, that's good for you. This might be just a healthy reminder for you then. For those of you that maybe are new to following Jesus and you're not really sure what the Holy Spirit is, well, we're about ready to go through that. So when does the Holy Spirit show up on the scene? You know, Jesus did an amazing job. And if you can just imagine for a minute during the Last Supper, explaining to his disciples who the Holy Spirit is, and knowing that he's about to go to the cross the following day, to be able to sit and explain to them that, that I'm going to send you a helper, that I am going to come and live in you even though I am leaving you. And so you take that, and as the disciples, who mainly all of them ran away as he was crucified, and they come back to the upper room after Jesus resurrected, and then Jesus appears before them in the upper room. And this is where we're going to start today in John chapter 20. If you want to turn to your Bibles to John chapter 20, verse 21. So if you can imagine, you're standing there all of a sudden, poof. There's Jesus in the room with you in his resurrected body, and he says this, peace be with you. And I think that's fitting because they probably were scared to death when that happened. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. How many of us in here are sent by Jesus? For those of us in here that are in Christ, absolutely, we are sent by Jesus. And because we are sent, this is what he says, and then he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. See, at the instant that he appeared in that room, in his resurrected form, the disciples put everything together and they believed, and as they believed, then they were able to receive of the Holy Spirit. I love this because for me and for most of us in this room, we have not seen Jesus yet, we believe. And these disciples, they saw him and believed. But Jesus said, greater is he that has not seen yet believes. And so we kind of have this, this up on the disciples that we truly believe by faith. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And I believe today, some of us that are watching online or in this room need to believe and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, but also the Holy Spirit. And then there's some of us in this room that as God said through me this morning about the struggles, right? 
that we're facing all these struggles, we, we need to be reminded of the fact that we have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. And I think we take that for granted. That we walk through this world and we forget the power that lives in us. To the point where I've even mistakenly called the Holy Spirit it. Well, it's in me. It's in, no, it's he. It's the, one of the members of the Godhead. It's the Holy, he is the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a he. There's a personal relationship there. And so as we're going through things, we need to remember that. So in this series, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit today is for us. And the next week, I want to talk about how he is for others because we are also filled with the Holy Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit that's in us also comes upon us for others. And then the motivation for the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives and to operate in other people's lives is love. It's God's love. And then the last week, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit is for the common good. His manifestation in us and his manifestation through us to other people is for the good of those that are around us, not just for the good of those that, that where he's in. So I'm going to talk about all those things. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and pray because I have a lot to say this morning and it's all starting to whirl in my head. So let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for everybody that's in here. I just want to thank you for your word. I just want to thank you that you've given me something powerful to say today that I believe is going to change people's lives. Father, I just want to thank you that as people are listening, that they open their hearts to hear and their ears to receive, Father. And I just thank you for this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when Jesus said to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? I kind of touched on that. It means that when we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And Jesus explained this to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. John chapter 3 is probably the most quoted chapter in all the Bible because in there is John chapter 3 verse 16 where Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That key word, believe in him. That is when the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. And so he explains to Nicodemus who's asking about what does it mean to be born again? Sometimes you hear that phrase, that, that we must be born again. Uh, we say it here, we say it to people that are outside these four walls when we're witnessing to them that you must be born again. And Jesus explains, he says in verse 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. That is the new birth. We're born into this world in the flesh and in that flesh is sin that's why we need Jesus because we are born into this world as sinners and we need Jesus to get us out of our sin because he's paid for the price of our sin and so by receiving him and believing in him then all of a sudden our sin debt is now paid for but then he replaces the old man with the new creation for the old has passed away behold the new has come and that new creation in us is represented by the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside of us. So the moment that I gave my life to Jesus, and I remember this, September 22nd, 1996, at Grace Fellowship Church, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, 
I heard the gospel and I raised my hand. The instant that I raised my hand, the instant that my heart believed in Jesus was the instant that I became that new creation, that the Holy Spirit dropped in me and marked me for all eternity as belonging to God. So between now and the time that I go to be with Jesus, whether it's by death or by him coming and getting getting the church and rapturing us out of here, which I believe will be very soon, man, I am marked as a child of God. If there's one thing you take away today, remember that. If you've given your life to Jesus and you've received him as your Lord and Savior, you are marked as a child of God. You are going to heaven. Your ticket is punched. You should not worry about what's going to happen the moment that this life ends and the real true life begins. So he goes on in John chapter 3, verse 8. He says, this of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. There's the mystery of the Holy Spirit. We know it comes from God. He comes from God. And we know that he blows into our life, literally, like a wind. And he says, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus compares the Holy Spirit to the wind. So what does that mean? And as I was kind of doing some research, I found this passage, and it's fairly long, but I've got to read it to you because I believe some of us in here need to hear this today. Because if the struggle is real, and you're feeling like you're all alone, sometimes you kind of feel like you're just a heap of dry bones. Like, you're done fighting the fight. And in this instance, in Ezekiel, that I'm going to read, Israel was essentially out of the fight. And God prophesied through Ezekiel, and I believe this word is meant for all of us in here, and this is what he said in Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, a son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. The Holy Spirit, this is what Ezekiel is talking about. The four winds, the breath of God that must breathe in on these slain so that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Hello, those of us that are in Christ, great army. Because when you received him, the Holy Spirit was breathed into you. And now you have the breath of life. That is the breath of God that is in us. The Greek word for this is pneuma. Pneuma is the wind that's breath. 
And in this case, it's the breath of God that has breathed into you. It reminds me of the same breath that was breathed into Adam to give Adam life. And if you're feeling like a heap of dry bones right now, what God is saying is, I've already breathed in to you that life, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. So what needs to happen is, you need to remember that and you need to continue to receive from Him, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. I'm going to go all the way down to verse 14, where God says, and I will put my Spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. So how do we receive? So if you're in here right now, and I'm speaking to these people right now that are in this room or watching online, that you've never received Jesus. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? And what Jesus says is this, and I'm going to go back to the Last Supper. He said in John chapter 14, verse 1, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. That believing is so important. That believing in Him is what brings the Holy Spirit into you. And I'm going to go all the way down to verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. By believing, again, you are marked by the Holy Spirit, and then you become part of God's great army. And that's awesome. That's awesome. But I think a lot of the people that I'm talking to in here may not necessarily be that I need to receive Jesus for the first time and be filled with the Holy Spirit, but that I actually need to receive His help. And that's what I really want to talk about today is receiving His help. Because what Jesus says, beginning in verse 16, He says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another what? Helper. To be with you for how long? Forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the helper, the Holy Spirit, is in us and in us forever. And here's the thing, and this is what I like to say, because I think some people believe that once you're saved and you're following Jesus, that it's like a bed of roses, like everything is going to be perfect. Like your life is never going to have a struggle any longer. No more trials, no more challenges, and that's not the case. That is not the case. And so that's why when Jesus says that we have a helper, that we can bank on that. So there are times where you need some help. I mean, how many of you in here need a little help right now? I need some help. That every time I come up here and I preach, I need his help. Because I can't do this on my own. 
Like when, when I start thinking about leading this church and the things that I believe are coming on the horizon, there ain't no way I can do it in my own strength. That's why I say that it's not by my own power nor my own might, but it's by your spirit that I'm able to do anything. If you're needing some help, then you need to receive from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit already lives in you. You need to receive from him the help that you need. Other translation says that he is our comforter. How many of you need some comfort today? I could definitely use some comfort. I think all of us could use some comfort. The Holy Spirit will give you that comfort. And particularly in my, in my life, I remember some, some very difficult times when my mom and my grandfather passed away. So when my mom passed away, this is some 12 years ago, and my grandfather just a few years ago, that hurt me. These are people that are very close to my life that I love very much, and they're now gone. And the Holy Spirit reminds me, hey, you're going to see them again. They're in heaven. They've received Jesus, remember? You were part of leading them to me. So you don't have to worry. You're going to see them again. There's that comfort, that comfort that I needed. In the Amplified version of the Bible, in this translation, it says advocate. A little bit of godly justice. That's what the Holy Spirit, our advocate, does. How many of us need some justice today? (laughs) You've been wronged, right? God will give you, through the Holy Spirit, Godly justice. Let me tell you, there's some things that have been said to me over the last eight years. I wish I had a tape recorder and I could play them to you. But see, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes alongside and he lives in me, but he comes alongside me also and comforts me and says, hey, I'm on your side. I've called you. You're here for a reason. He advocates for me. There's also the Holy Spirit as our counselor. How about some godly wisdom? Because I know everybody in here knows everything, right? Right, yeah, I know. I, can, I hear you, Chris Nichols, <laughs> over there. Nick, yes, we know everything, right? No, we don't. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to give us that godly wisdom. And in the middle of, of sometimes in meetings that I'm at, or just on my own, just thinking about things that I need to do, I'll say under my breath, you know, Lord, I need, I need you to give me some wisdom. And there's the Holy Spirit. He gives me some wisdom. He's my counselor. So how does he do this for us? Well, Jesus goes on in John chapter 14 and verse 18. He says this, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. And we don't. We can't see him right now. He's not physically here, but yet he says, I will not leave you as orphans. And what that means is he may not physically be here, but his spirit is. Because I live, you also will live. That's encouragement right there. In that day, you will know that I'm in my father and you in me and I in you. I I don't feel like I'm getting this through. Do you not realize that the spirit of the living God lives inside of us? That we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes what happens is when we hear these words that Jesus says that I am in you and you think to yourself, well, I'm not worthy. No, you're not. We're none of us are worthy, but yet he has chosen 
to make his residence inside of us. But yeah, but, but I get hung up on the things that I do and the things that, that people don't know that I'm doing and I know myself well enough to know that I am a filthy, rotten sinner. Amen. But yet, he has saved you, he has redeemed you, and he has set up shop in you. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when we start talking about next week when the Holy Spirit falls upon us to do works, miracle signs and wonders through us, he has chosen to use broken vessels to forward his kingdom. You go back and look at all the disciples that were standing in that upper room that when Jesus appeared after his resurrection and said, receive the Holy Spirit, every one of them were broken in some way. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. He goes on in verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Our responsibility with the Holy Spirit, if you don't feel like he's there, because nine times out of ten, I don't feel like he's here. I know he is. But what I have to do is I have to separate myself from the natural what's going on in this world, what's going on in my life, and I have to step aside and quiet myself and remember that he's there. This is not some sort of crazy meditation exercise. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes when the world is just caving in on me or when I'm stressed or when I'm anxious, man, I have to silence myself and step aside and recognize that he's there. And then I have to receive from him by asking him whether I need his help, whether I need his comfort, whether I need his wisdom, whether I need some justice. That is our responsibility. And I think we as believers, sometimes we go through this phase in our lives where we just expect God to do everything. And the word that Lee gave this morning about how God will throw us a rope in our pit, we still need to climb out of that pit, even though the rope has been thrown in our pit. And really, all that requires is us just being still. And it goes back to what I said a few weeks ago about just taking 10 minutes in your day and just centering yourself and letting yourself realize that, hey, you know what? I do belong to God. I am his child. And what Jesus said replies to me that I do have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And now it's my responsibility to tap into him and say, I need you. And when I do that, as Jesus said, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So as you're worried about financial struggles, listen, I, we just got in the mail yesterday. I got my, my IRA. My IRA in one month lost 25 grand, okay? And since this time last year, almost $80,000. 
And I had to look at that, and I even told Lisa, and I felt bad that I, I told her because she's like, what, what's wrong? Ah, uh, we just lost 25 grand in one month. I had to take a breath, take a breath, and take a moment and realize, as the, as the Holy Spirit reminded me, that I have a cattle on a thousand hills, that your needs will be met. What are you worried about? But I had to take a moment. You understand what I'm saying? And some of you guys just need to take a moment. Some of you guys just need to take a breath. There's a reason why I believe God says that the Holy Spirit's like a wind. It's God breathing out into us. And some of us need to breathe in. Amen. Man, I can't even go on social media anymore, and I know I've I beat a dead horse on this thing, but there is so much going on out there. It's just like, oh. So I'm going to mention this because I think, I think it's, it's okay for me to mention this, but Lisa and I are going to Scotland next month. And I'm just, I am so excited, and, and I was going to, wasn't going to say anything to the church for another little bit, but might as well say it now. But Pastor Dave over at Home Church Scotland has asked me to go and preach. So there's, there's a conference. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored that he would ask me. And we're very excited. We believe, Lisa and I both believe that, that we're going to be a blessing to both Dave and his wife, Ella. And they have amazing children that we're just wanting to go over there and pour into them as much as possible and then be a blessing to their church. And if you look at the news, okay, first of all, COVID is spiking again. Yay, right? You got that going on. And then the second thing is if you're traveling through Europe, wow. It's like crazy. Luggage being lost, flights being canceled, you name it. And so we're kind of anxious about that. And so as we're praying and talking about these things, God is reminding us, hey, you know what? It's my will that you go. You have nothing to fear. It's, it's, just, it's just taking a breath and centering yourself on his promises. And I know there's people in here going through sickness right now, going through health issues right now. And it's so easy to listen to the reports. It's so easy to, to focus on what the doctors say or to focus on the pain that you're feeling or to focus on the medical bills, the focus on whatever it is that the world is sending at you like, like a machine gun. And then you see it, you acknowledge it. I'm not saying that you don't acknowledge the reality of what's going on, but then you take yourself and you acknowledge the true reality of what's going on. That Jesus already paid for my healing. See, what this is really, what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is saying to me right now is some of us need to get back in the fight. And there's something that I've been going through over the last several years, and Lisa said to me one day recently, where's your fight? Where's your fight? Well, how do I fight? Because I feel like I've been fighting. And Lisa, who is so wise, 
Men, I'm going to say this, guys, if you're married, listen to your wives. Because I feel like sometimes they're more in tune with the Holy Spirit than even us as men are. I know, I see the, <laughs> I see the elbows. You hear that? Yeah. Listen to your wives. She said, you know how you fight? You let it go. Sometimes you just got to let it go. And how do you let it go? Because sometimes you think to yourself, well, I have. I've let it go. It's, it's gone. And then it comes back and it's still there. You let it go. You give it to God. And how you do that is when the thoughts come, when the reports come, when the feelings come. The Holy Spirit is in there saying, hello, remember me? Remember me? You tap into me, I'm going to bring everything to remembrance that Jesus said. I'm going to bring everything to remembrance that you have spent time studying in the Bible. I'm going to bring everything to your remembrance of the things that you've heard in church. But you've got to remember me. That's how you let it go. That's how. That's how you get back in the fight. It sounds weird because you want it to go away, yet there's some... There's, a, there's times when you have to acknowledge it, but then you have to take what the Holy Spirit is saying and superimpose it upon that and let it go. So when you do this, this is what happens. Jesus continues in verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let that resonate for a minute. See, the world would say that peace is a feeling. What Jesus is saying is that peace is knowing. Because I know his promises, yet my body still sometimes reacts. So I may not physically feel at peace, but internally, in my spirit, in my heart, I feel that peace that only God can give us through the Holy Spirit that the world can never give to us. He goes on and says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. That's amazing. Peace comes when we receive and believe. If you're looking for that peace right now, if you're looking for this, this is what, what I'm trying to say, is we need to center ourselves. We need to take some time to be still and ask the Holy Spirit to give us what we need. We need to just take a breath. Just take a breath. And why is that? John chapter 14, verse 30, finishing up. This is what he says. He says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. Who is the ruler of the world? That's the devil. He's here. And his target is all of us. So he just summed up the whole reason why we need the Holy Spirit and why we need him for ourselves. It's because we face, yes, we face the world, but 
the ruler of the world is what really we're facing. All these things that are coming at us right now is coming against the church, coming against morality, coming against God's word. It's the devil behind the scenes. And that is why we need to center ourselves, remember what Jesus has said, meditate on that instead of what the world says. That is why when we do that, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that's God's peace comes upon us. It's peace that not the world gives, but what he gives. Because we need, as Ezekiel says, to rise up like a great army. We're in a fight right now. And if you're fighting something in your own life, remember that there's other people around you that are also fighting. We're all in this fight together. The ruler of the world is here. But this is what Jesus says. This is good news. He continues. He says, he has no claim on me. If he has no claim on me, meaning Jesus, that means also since we're in Christ and he lives in us, he has no claim on any of us. That goes back to being marked, right? Hey, you are a child of God. You are marked by the Holy Spirit. The devil has no claim on us. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and let us go from here. But everybody please rise. This is the big idea. The Holy Spirit breathes life into us when we believe and receive Jesus, but then he also breathes life into us anew when we receive what he's given us to keep his word. We're here to keep his word, not just to believe in the word, but also tend to it, to speak it over situations to speak it into people's lives. So the Holy Spirit breathes life into us, but also as our helper, helps us to keep his word. So I was trying to think about, you know, what is it that, that we can do to center ourselves? And one thing that I remember, this is a, a big memory for me, is when Lisa and I, when, when we were having Asia, my first child, our first child, and Lisa decided that she wanted to give birth to Asia supernaturally. You know what that means? She made a decision to trust the Holy Spirit, to give her the strength to give birth to Asia without any assistance from painkillers or anything, to have her naturally. Okay, and it, that's a, that takes a huge amount of faith. Add on to the fact that it was an army hospital, okay? There's more faith needed for that too. And that she decided to go with a midwife. More faith. And this woman, wow, amazing. And I remember all the things that we learned in the classes that we took together about delivering a baby and things that we read in, in a book that we were reading called Supernatural Childbirth. If you're 
a young mom that's going to have a baby and you want to go natural, this would be a great book for you to read. But what we learn is there's going to be times when you're going through the birthing process that it's going to be anxious. <laughs> and I remember when, when we were actually in the hospital and Lisa was going through labor and I could tell that she was starting to get anxious and not able to relax. And what we learned is that being able to relax will be able to take care of the pain because the more anxious you are, the more painful it can be. And one of the things that, that we learned is we need to breathe. Just need to breathe. So this experience that as a first time mom is, is pretty crazy. When she started to get anxious and maybe there's a little bit of panic and I could see it in her eyes, I would just get close to her face and I'd be like, sweetheart, just breathe with me. Just breathe with me. Take in a deep breath and then let it out. Let's do it again. And let it out. And after about three or four times of doing that, you could tell that that anxiety just went away. And the praise report is she had Asia without any pain, medications. There was just a little bit of pain at the end. But she delivered a perfectly healthy baby, obviously, because my daughter is now 23 and doing awesome in life. But it goes back to, I think the best thing to remember what I'm trying to say today is we just need to breathe. So everybody bow their heads and close their eyes for a minute. If you're struggling through something right now and there's something going on in your life, I want you to picture Jesus standing in front of you. And he's looking at you right now and what he's saying is, child, just breathe. Take a deep breath and receive from my spirit. Just take a deep breath and receive from the Holy Spirit. Some of you right now are getting the answers that you need. Some of you right now are getting the comfort that you need. He's saying, take a deep breath and receive from the Holy Spirit. And as you are exhaling, exhale my peace that only I can give. If you're here today and you're going through a struggle and you are needing to take a breath. Then what I'm going to ask you to do is to boldly come down to the front. We're about to worship this morning. If you want to stay in your seats, that's fine. But what we need to do as we are struggling because you will leave here 
you might still continue to have this struggle. But God is with you. Jesus has given you the helper, the Holy Spirit. But all you have to do is just breathe.